0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Broker Breakdown. This is episode nine with myself and Mike. Um, If you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, give it a listen. We did chat about winterizing your properties. I know everyone's favorite time of year is coming up with snow and ice and slush and all that kind of fun stuff. So if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, make sure you go back, give it a listen. We give some tips and Tricks on what to do moving into the winter months and everyone's cold weather fun. So um, anyways, this week we are moving towards kind of a similar topic. Um, But again, a lot of people don't like the winter. So a lot of people end up traveling to a little bit more warmer parts of the world. I know Mike and myself, not big winter guys, right, Mike?
1: No, I I have no problem traveling (laughs) over over the coming months.
0: Yeah, I can't golf so it kind of unless I go to a simulator or something indoors, I can't really golf in the winter in Canada, so that kind of sucks.
1: It's uh I yeah, I mean like traveling traveling in general is always nice, but getting away when you're leaving winter for somewhere sunny like you know, down south anywhere for that matter is uh is super super rewarding.
0: Yeah, so this week we are kind of focusing on what we would call almost like snowbirds and what to kind of look for when you are traveling, if you are going to be away from an extended period of time, not just from your home, but almost from an auto standpoint as well. If either if you are taking your car down to whatever state or whatever wherever you're going, or if you're designed to rent a car, if you're in the States or if you're in another country, if your coverage will basically transfer over to those areas of the world. So we're kind of going to go over all those kind of things. So I think first we're going to start off with the auto side because the auto side, there's really only two sides, either if you bring your car or if you rent a car. So I'll have Mike kind of start off on that point then.
1: Yeah. And there's, and there's, there's two big things. Obviously the first of which is being, if you bring your vehicle with you, there's a few things to highlight and people should be aware of. Um, so we'll jump into that side first. So the, the, the one big thing is the the endorsement you can put on a policy. Um, so in Ontario, we call them OPCF, which is Ontario, so Ontario Policy Change Forms. And the number you're looking for on your policy documents would be 27. So it's something called liabilities non-owned autos, which basically means if you decide to go down, uh, let's just use Florida, As an example, and you want to go down there for an extended period of time, you can basically utilize your policy to pick up in the event of a claim. So your liability limits, your deductibles, um, the things that you have on your insurance policy locally here in Ontario, you you can then utilize your policy if a claim were to happen down there in Florida, for example.
0: And that's on a rental car, correct
1: yeah, yeah obviously that this is this is you renting a vehicle from somewhere down there
0: yeah, and you can use it across Canada too because I know when I went to Alberta they asked us the same question as if we had insurance in Ontario and we just showed like our slip and we were fine because again, like all my clients basically get twenty seven added on to their policy because again it's some companies don't even charge for it, and then most companies are charging a very small fee for it, but again to not have to pay the additional insurance from a rental car company is better off anyways, because it outweighs the amount, anyways. Cause I think the rental car company for the five days we were in Alberta, they wanted to charge us like almost two an extra like two hundred dollars or something for have insurance on the car, which was insane.
1: Yeah, I don't I I think depending on where you go, every cost per rental agency can vary a little bit. But I specifically remember uh a long time back I went from I went to Vegas and actually we took a a rental vehicle from Vegas down to San Antonio, Texas, and that was a drive. We didn't realize that till kind of getting on board, but it was it was far. And I remember we paid like something like eight hundred dollars for the for the rental vehicle, including insurance. I forget the break, what the breakdown was, but um, it it was it wasn't cheap, right? I mean, even per day, I think most places are possibly twenty five or thirty dollars a day for the insurance aspect. Yeah,
0: which again, if you just have it on your current policy, like you're not paying that, and you're saving money anyways, because like I said, most companies won't even charge you for that amount or for that coverage. And if they are charging you, they're charging maybe 50 bucks a year, if not less. So definitely a coverage I would look into before traveling, if you are going to rent a car. Um, Now, Mike, 27 does not cover you, though, in like, let's say if I go to Europe, I'm not covered in Europe,
1: correct? No, no. Usually and again I, I say this from a you know a ninety-five percent accuracy, but most insurance companies have it as continental North America. So you're basically anywhere if you rent a vehicle in Canada and or the US, you're more than likely able to utilize your policy. Obviously check with your broker or agent, but that's that's the general consensus among most. Yeah, no. So Europe. To answer your question, Europe is a a no-go. You got to get rental vehicle coverage over there for sure.
0: And again, the laws are very different over there depending on the country that you go to or if you're anywhere else, Asia, Africa, or anything like that. But yeah, I would always double check with your broker just to make sure. But yeah, most of Europe, you're basically going to have to get coverage um, through the rental car company as our policies in Ontario at least do not cover for um, overseas
1: use if you rent a car there. Um, yeah. And, and and I guess one thing to point out is for people that, you know, might be looking at their policies or travel a lot in Canada or the States, like pretty regularly, James, like you mentioned, you know, you're probably looking at maybe $50 for the year, give or take could be a little bit more. So a couple of dollars per month, the big things you want to look at though in your policy are the, the value or the limit um, no, the limit of twenty-seven. Of, uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, historically speaking, a standard was fifty thousand. I mean, nowadays, I would tend to suggest that a seventy-five thousand dollar limit or a hundred thousand dollar limit is more appropriate for the for the sole reason that when you're traveling. A lot of vehicles are over fifty grand now, anyways, right? Yeah, it really then,
0: just depends what you're renting, right? Like if you're renting means- a small sedan, like fifty thousand will definitely cover you off. But if you're like going with a big family or like a big group of you, and you're renting a tr- like a truck or like an SUV, like yes, that limit should definitely be increased because again, the the bigger the car, usually the more value the vehicle is. So you want to make sure that your twenty seven is going to be able to cover you if there is damage to it in the event of a claim.
1: And on top of that, that's the limit aspect. The other super important aspect to know is that when you utilize your policy, so instead of purchasing the rental vehicle coverage through that agency, if you're using your own insurance, you're basically utilizing your policy. So your deductibles would apply. So if you have a $500 deductible, that's what you would typically have to pay if there was a claim, the same way it would be in here in Ontario. If you have a $1,000 deductible and it happens down there, again, that's what you're going to pay. So just kind of knowing what those deductibles and coverage limits are, you should be aware of that as well when traveling.
0: Yeah, and I would always say to my clients too, like make sure you're always bringing a copy of your liability slip as well because it just kind of gives the insurance or the, um, the rental car company like extra proof that you're actually insured in Ontario. Again, some will straight up want like, confirmation that you have 27 or some sort of coverage for a rental car most don't like when i went to alberta they didn't even ask they just asked for like a proof of insurance which we sent we gave liability slips and they were fine with that so i would just say bring some sort of proof so just in case the rental car company asks you for it you can at least show that you are insured uh again if you're coming from ontario ontario but if you're going from any other province have your liability slip ready to basically show just so that they can prove that you actually are insured from where you're coming yeah. from.
1: Yeah. Actually, I heard before I used to do these quite frequently for people, but um they would want you could do like a confirm it's just basically like one of those printouts like an, an auto confirmation of insurance page. So instead of it being a liability slip, you would get the actual page that says, you know, I have this endorsement, I have, you know, 2 million liability, I have a $500 deductible. It kind of it kind of stated that because I I remember in the past that that was a thing that some places would ask for yeah i've I've done them before people on the phone while at a rental agency
0: yeah i don't i don't think most places ask for that anymore because they try to keep it as like smooth as possible but i've had cases yeah where the rental car company has been like almost like sticklers about it and they're just like oh like we want like we want it showing that he they have coverage for it so there are times where it's like that but most times they're pretty smooth sailing and as long as you just so like
1: um Proof of insurance. You're completely fine. Um, there is one more thing that I wanted to touch base on too with that, which is because you're utilizing your policy when when kind of bringing this down for this for this topic we're on, making sure that you have um, adequate liability limits especially yeah liability
0: um, limits are something that we always harp on like you got to make sure that your liability limits are where they need to be because again i've seen brokers and agents and stuff that like give their clients like three hundred thousand dollars worth of liability And i'm like are you kidding me like what is that going to cover like it's going to cover you for absolutely nothing even a million dollars now like if if something if someone's drastically hurt or is killed in an accident that one million dollars is just a drop in the bucket because any lawyer is going to go basically for as much as they possibly can so we always recommend at least two million liability i couldn't even tell you the last time i insured someone for less than that because it just my morals just tell me that you should not have less than that and the stats show that when there's lawsuits in ontario anyways your average lawsuit right now is about a million and a half dollars. And it's going to continue to increase if it hasn't already increased with inflation and stuff. But that's where you should be. Anything less than that, you're just unfortunately, I think, selling yourself short and you're just not properly being covered. So definitely check your liability.
1: When the limits in every state are different for auto insurance as well right like exactly it
0: is, every state's very different which is it's it's tough because they're like you go to one state and it's like the rules are different you go to another state the rules are different so it's a it's a very different world especially for traveling to the states um so just make sure even just give a quick google like if you're going to if you're going to new york just across the border from ontario just check to see to make sure like what the rules are if you're going to florida just quickly check or even call your broker and have them check, right? Because they can kind of understand a little bit more of the insurance um, vocabulary a little bit better than yourself, right? So I would just say, check and make sure or ask your broker to make sure because the last thing you want is having liability that's subpar in Ontario, but also subpar in wherever you're going, then something happens and then you don't have the right amount of coverage.
1: Yeah, well, it's claim-wise for sure. And And speaking of claims too, if you... Um, again, not to, not to fully kill the topic, but when you utilize the OPC of 27, um, if you get involved in a claim where you're deemed at fault, keep in mind you're basically again utilizing your policy. So if you have, um, accident forgiveness, you've more than likely used that because your policy is going to respond for that claim. So that claim then goes, goes with you, you know, moving back here to, to Ontario, it could be rated for on your own insurance policy, right? Yeah, you've used your Good own ed, insurance. Yeah. Whereas, um, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. I, my, me and James are kind of trying to give everyone the facts and and give people in, insight that way. But if you purchase the rental vehicle insurance through that rental agency, basically what you're doing is you're paying that twenty or thirty or forty dollars, wherever it is, per day but if there's a claim that has to be submitted for car insurance, you know whether it's a collision or a glass claim or whatever, you're basically utilizing their insurance policy. So it's you're basically paying for that that claim through them in essence. Yep.
0: And I've 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 had clients that straight up say, "You know what, if I go down there and I get into an accident, I would rather pay the insurance because I don't want it falling back on me, right?" So they would actually rather pay that additional amount. Personally, I don't see I don't see the benefit in that. Because again, it's more money out of your pocket. But again, I know I've had clients in the past that straight up will be like, yeah, I will pay the extra insurance because then it falls on them if something happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no, again, there's no right or wrong answer there. That's just a, I would I I don't want anything to go against me back here. So that for some people that like $200, for example, is is nothing, right? Or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, it, again, it's all going to be based on different companies, right? So every company is going to basically offer you something different.
1: Um, the other, the other thing too, what we going to, what else were we going to say on that? James, was there anything else on that?
0: Yeah. So the other topic too, was about, um, if you actually bring your own vehicle down to whatever, wherever you're going in the States.
1: Right. Right. Bring. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that falls back almost to the end of what we just said, but when you bring your own vehicle down there. Obviously it's even more important to realize what what limits you have as well just for that exact reason right because if you bring it down there you want to make sure that if it has Ontario plates on it too um you know I've heard um, conversations with people before that said you know it's got an Ontario plate on it it's got higher liability limits than than some of the states the specific states obviously so you want to get involved in a claim with with, someone with Ontario plates on it so it's even more important to realize you know if you have, I would say if you, if you frequent the States a lot, you probably want to make sure you have your $2 million is, is fair to say.
0: Yeah. Again, I would never insure someone less than $2 million unless they really fought me on it. But yeah, making sure that you have the right amount of coverage when you're going down there, especially if you're taking your own car. Um, another big thing to, re- to um, kind of put into perspective too, if you're staying down there for more than six months or the car is being kept down there for more than six months you will have to move your insurance to whatever state that you're going to or leaving the car because most insurance companies in Ontario anyways will only cover that vehicle for a certain amount of time and most companies is six months. But if you're keeping the car down there or if it's going to be down there for longer than six months, you will have to find alternative insurance solutions because if it's if it's down there for more than half the year and an, an Ontario insurance policy is not the right policy to be having Um you should definitely look into insuring it with whatever, in whatever state that you're going to be in down there. If you're going to be down there for more than six months, again, that's all company based. Some companies are more, some companies are less. Most companies are about six months. Um, but just again, check with your broker, check with your agent to make sure. But again, if you're going to be there, I always say, rule of thumb if you're going to be there for more than half a year, you should probably move it to the state insurance that whatever state that you're spending your time in
1: yeah i, I guess it, it it really depends on whether or not you're vacationing down there is like again like a snowbird or if you're living down there more permanently right if you're living down there and the car is basically parked and driven down there all the time um and it really doesn't come back to canada you can't insure it here you have to just get a policy through however they get it down in florida get it insured there make sure you have whatever coverages that are common and or recommended. Um, if you're people, like a lot of people actually in Ontario, you know, will fly down to Florida for whatever it is and come back. If you're going to do that six months or longer, which I know people do like, you know, October to April, for example, I think that rule of thumb too, is you have to come back like the day before six months with the vehicle. Now I could be wrong on that, but you can't, you, you have to come back for a few reasons, right? Maybe healthcare as well. There's a Oh yeah OHIP,
0: most oh yeah, hip and like health insurance and travel insurance will won't let you to be down there i know um a lot of people that i know that travel and stuff they're again they're a little bit older and, and whatnot but like they're not allowed to be down there for more than like three months at a time or something just based on their health insurance and, and whatnot so uh again all that is something that you should definitely check as well that was kind of going to be into our next topic before we got into the home side of things but again don't not something we want to like kind of harp on because we don't really deal with it a lot, but make sure that you are checking your health insurance and travel insurance before you are traveling to make sure that you actually have coverage for things and what your timeframes are. Because the last thing you want to be doing is you want to be in another province or another state or even another province or another country thinking that you have coverage. Something happens and then you're you go to call your health insurance person when something happens or travel insurance. And they go well. How long have you been there? Oh, I've been there for four months. Oh, well, we only cover up to three months. And then you're like, oh, well, I didn't know that, right? So I would just always be checking those limits and checking the time frames on those two things: your health and travel insurance, to make sure like you understand if you have to come back to come back, um, and how long they'll actually cover you for being out of country.
1: Yeah, that the valid valid points for sure. the The other thing that we wanted to chat about specifically today was when you're enjoying that beautiful weather down in Florida, which by all means I'm super jealous of, but the snowbirds are down there. One thing that people, there's a few things on the home side that are super valuable and or important and or vital to do for your home pure yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: from an insurance standpoint, 100%.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if you, to touch base on one of them, if you are traveling there for, let's just say multiple months before coming back. Um, Obviously your home insurance policy has some impacts, some big impacts. Um, Cause at that point it's basically vacant. So yes. And
0: most companies de- um, determine vacancy after 30 days. So yeah, we would recommend definitely having someone always checking up either every other day, every three days, whatever it is, because the last thing you want to happen is, The insurance company basically deem it a vacant property while you're gone. And then if something actually were to happen, like a claim wise, they wouldn't pay out on a claim because they said it was vacant while no one was checking in on it.
1: And the rules and guidelines could be different. Um, There's a lot of underwriting, I guess, stipulations on that. So it's hard to generalize. It's all going to be based
0: off companies again
1: but the, there's there's a few things I mean obviously check with your check with whoever you have your home insurance with but there might be ways of of extending that vacancy permit uh for example like if you're down there but you have someone like maybe either a like a relative staying at your house full time um that's always an option or that if that's that's too far-fetched which I know a lot of people would squawk and say there's no way we're doing that having someone check on the house every couple of days I think is is usually a, a very good rule of thumb again that 72 hour rule where someone's you know grabbing your mail uh checking checking plumbing downstairs making sure the temperature's okay in the house th- things like that obviously
0: yeah i think we were talking about this before we actually hit record here is that like f- from a personal standpoint i would rather have someone do that because and it kind of almost decreases the um, likelihood of like theft right because again if I, if i'm a thief like i'm gonna like, I'm going to be watching that, right? Like, if there's a bunch of mail that's in the driveway or a mail in the mailbox that's overflowing, there's obviously no one home, right? If all the lights are always off, like, cars out of the driveway, there's no one, like, checking in on it, obviously a bigger risk of theft, right? There's no one been here for five days, seven days, whatever. Like, it's going to be easier to 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 basically break into that home because there's no one there and no one's going to catch me doing it, right? So I don't even think just from an insurance standpoint, but I think from almost like a a targeted theft standpoint, you should definitely have that because again, there's people coming by the house, mails being picked up, grass being cut, whatever it might be. Um, At least there's a car in the driveway ever so often. So people are not like, oh, this house is completely empty. Like we're going to target this and break into this home now because there's no one been here for a month or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had, I've actually one, one theft claim too for someone that did go on vacation. And that was that was a big talking point, right? It was, you know, what was how long you guys gone for things like that? There, I mean, there's the, the other side of insurance that we don't have a lot of discounts for yet in the industry, but that that's a huge help for just your own peace of mind, I guess. Is either you know alarm systems, which I know a lot of people have, whether they're locally monitored or uh, like company monitored by a third party, and or you know a lot of people now have have cameras around the house, James, as well, right? You've been seeing lots of I've, there's there's lots of videos online you can watch of of that happening, right? People having not only ring doorbells but just cameras on different angles of their home.
0: Yeah, we have the ring doorbell at my house and it like picks up literally everything. So like anyone coming in the driveway picks up anyone walking down our walkway it picks up. So um, definitely just a good deters, thing, right? Yeah, again, it just deters anything from happening because again, you're on camera and it's recording all the time. I'm not going to say it's going to completely protect you because if someone wants to break in, they're still going to break in regardless, right? Or they can walk around the back and just do it in, in the back, right? Because a lot of people usually put cameras like in the front, but they don't put them in the back. Right. Cause either there's like fencing or whatnot. Like they don't, pe- they don't think people are bold enough to hop a fence or open a gate. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely highly recommend if you guys, if, if you don't have, if you live in a bigger city or whatnot, and you're kind of a little bit paranoid or might have a lot of thefts in your areas and definitely cameras or ring doorbells or any kind of camera doorbells. Um, and like I said, when you're going away, just if you have something you can, tra- even a neighbor, like if, if your neighbor can just come by your house, making sure that like the mail's picked up and like it, it gets put in the door or whatnot, at least that, because then, like I said, th- like thieves aren't kind of like seeing that, like there's tons of mail. That means there's no one home. There's been no car. The grass hasn't been cut for over a month. So it's growing and it's like, well, is there, obviously there's no one here. So it's just an easy target. So just, the less you can make your home a target if you're going to be traveling, the better because then the last thing you want to be doing is coming home after a good little trip and you come home and your house is broken into.
1: Or, I mean, the other the other bad thing, right, especially during the winter runs is we touched on this um, last week's episode here is, you know, rupture of plumbing, right? A yeah. A hot water tank exploding that be, or... That's probably even worse. <laughs> um, and, and it does happen. And it, so that's even, even more important. And I would say vital to make sure someone is is then at your house within every couple of days minimum for that exact reason right if you're gone for a few months in the winter time i mean someone needs to check to make sure you haven't you don't have a rupture of plumbing that's just been running continuously in your basement
0: exactly cuz the last thing you want is a per uh like a burst pipe just running and running and running and running and running and then at that point like even a little bit of water is obviously not ideal But if you can kind of catch it before it gets to the point where it's like the whole basement's flooded or the prolonged
1: damage, right? Exactly. If you you had, let's say, a week, two weeks as an example, and no one has been there, I mean, that water, let's say, um, has been running or even just a very small leak somewhere, you're going to get prolonged damage to whatever it is, wood, drywall, mold. Like, stuff is going to start happening. Whereas if it's just water damage, you know, restoration companies may be able to get you back where there's only only some minor cosmetic damages being done. Nothing yeah, major. Exactly.
0: The, the, the more that you can kind of keep it from being a major issue, the better. So that's why it's always apparent to me to make sure that you are having someone that you trust. Again, if it's a neighbor, another family member, a friend, whatever it is, if they can stay at the house, even better because then it shows that someone's actually living there. It's not just empty. But at least someone checking on it every other day or whatnot, just to make sure. Again, the last thing we want, well, two last things we really don't want, is we obviously don't want your house to be broken into while you're on vacation. But on the insurance side of things, is we don't want insurance companies to basically deny claims or deny coverage because you didn't have someone checking in. Or I guess I'll add a third one in here too, is we also don't want an insurance company to basically say, well your home's vacant so now we're going to charge you a vacant premium and again no one wants to be charged vacant premiums cuz vacant premiums are very very expensive.
1: Well, I can tell you that either either getting having a claim denied or being canceled um, for you know uh, the non-disclosure or saying that you didn't do your due diligence is never the, never the thing. I mean asking I guess asking us questions before you're about to do things it it seems like always oh, the right thing to do since we're in the business but not all people do it right. So it's always, yeah, it's, it's always good to touch base, I guess. Yeah.
0: You already have so much on your mind when you're traveling. Like I know probably the last thing you're, you really think of doing is calling your insurance broker and asking them questions about what you should be doing if you're traveling for an extended period of time, but it should be something on top of your list to do. Because again, if you just go and you're just hoping nothing happens and something happens, then you come back and then, you have to call us and say, oh, well, I had a pipe break. Okay, well, did you have anyone checking your home? Well, no, it was vacant for 60 days. Nine times out of 10 of an insurance company is going to be like, no, we're denying that claim because no one was checking on the home, right? Or I went down to the, I went down to Florida for eight months. My car was down there for eight months out of the 12, and I got into an accident. Am I going to be covered on the Ontario insurance policy? Again, nine times out of 10, you're probably going to get denied because it was down there for more than half the year. So I know it's stressful. I know a lot of people think it's stressful traveling. I definitely think it is depending on where you're going, like how long the flights are, all that kind of stuff, like delayed flights, reroutes, all that kind of stuff. But I definitely think it is beneficial before you kind of make those plans is to at least have the conversation at least once with your insurance broker to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you're, like, your coverage isn't going to basically be voided if something were to happen.
1: Yeah. I I think, James, that's hitting the nail on the head, right? You you, you want to have the info to make educated decisions. You don't want to be – um, and it does happen every single day. You don't want to be surprised, day, basically. Having – driving, I guess, driving down there or go flying down there, having issues, and only realizing there were issues when you come back when the claim occurs or, or down there when the claim occurs – You're going to, you're going to, you're going to dread the business already, uh, thinking like, oh, I didn't know stuff or, you know, no one told me about that, which is completely fair. So it's just about educating ourselves so that we don't get into those situations because ultimately you don't want that to happen. So it's better to know and have options available versus knowing you're on the hook for something and then being even more, um, even more upset about it at the time. Exactly. It
0: yep. No, a hundred percent. The more educated you possibly can be on the topic, the better, because again, it gives you more um, like meat to your, to your discussion here to basically make that decision. Right? Like if you, if I have more facts in front of me, then I can make a better decision. If I had a full blank piece of paper, right? Yeah. So the more you kind of understand the more it, it's better for you. Right? Cause again, the last thing we want, is to have a call from a client saying, I went to Florida for four months, didn't have anyone check up on my home, and now their homes has a full basement like flood because my hot water tank blew while we were down there and no one checked and it just kept flooding and flooding and flooding for four months. Is there going to be coverage for that? Again, we're not claims experts. But again, being in the industry for how long we've been in it, we just see patterns. And like I said, nine times out of ten, an insurance company will ask right away, "Well, how long were you down south for? Four months? Did you have anyone checking on the home? No? Well, we're that that coverage is now voided because technically now it's a vacant property, and you did not disclose that to us."
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely a lot of those things in the industry, right? That you that we should be aware of or need yeah. to be aware of. One hundred and ten percent. Um.
0: Is there any kind of other tips that you would give for people that are traveling? Maybe not insurance based but um, like what they should be doing if they're if they're keeping their car at home with
1: their if they're leaving the house. Um, yeah, I mean that's that brings up a good point. If, if 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 let's say you're you're flying down to Florida for a few months, and I'll just keep using that as an example here that we keep talking about. But if you're if you're flying down and your vehicle is being stored, let's say like in your garage. There's two things you can do. One of which is you can call your broker and ask if the insurance company will allow, uh, basically just fire and theft coverage on it or comprehensive coverage.
0: And again, not every company offers that, though. No, so that's no, going to be yeah. that's going to be company based.
1: It, there's stipulations. A lot of the higher risk yeah. insurance companies don't Won't do, do that. It. Yeah. Um, there's other companies that that will allow it if you have an alternative vehicle in the policy. So it's not just the one, but there are stipulations. It's not blanketed. So we say this kind of generally speaking, but you can, you can always ask for that comprehensive coverage, which for most policies will be, you know, literally dollars per month. If not, maybe, maybe max 10, $12 a month. Um, that just covers your fire and theft exposures while you're gone. Um, I figured what the other one was going to be. I was going to think of something else here, but that was, <laughs> that was the main one. I would
0: just say, keep your doors locked and stuff. Like, don't like if if it's in a garage, great, but if it's not like, make sure it's locked, make sure like everything's out of it that you like, if people can look into your car while it's being, basically being sitting there for however long your trip is, like make sure things are out of sight in the trunk, out of the car and like in general. So that like, again, it's not targeted by thefts. Um, I think on the home side of things, again, if you can have someone that can either live there or like can be there every few days, that's even better. Um, making sure like mail doesn't pile up. Cause again, if, if I'm a thief and I'm seeing mail pile up, obviously I'm saying, well, there's no one obviously here. Um, making sure other doors and windows are locked as well. Cause again, if you're home, a lot of people just keep doors and windows unlocked your home all the time. But if you're not, if you're going to be gone for a very extended period of time, make sure everything's locked up. So nothing can really be broken into. If you have blinds, make sure you close them. So even if someone can look in a window, the blinds are basically covering that as well. Um, And then again, depending on the season, if you're going away in the winter time, making just sure that your home's heated properly so that, Pipes really can't burst if if that's a possibility. I know a lot of people nowadays have the smart thermostats, so you can basically change your thermostat from basically wherever you are in the world. Um, so if you have one of those, even better because you can kind of see like how warm the home is, anyways, just off your phone. But if you don't, uh just make sure, like again, if either someone's checking on it or just making sure that before you leave that it's heated well during the winter and in the summer kind of same thing but opposite ac and i guess in the summertime too uh having your lawn cut because again if i see someone's lawn that's super super long they either they're just super lazy and they don't want to cut it or they're probably not going to be home especially if it's summertime so just kind of a few things to keep in mind when you are traveling that you might not think of um especially not on the insurance side of things just kind of tips to make sure that um you aren't targeted by any theft or anything like that while you're gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is huge, right? I mean, at the end of the day, insurance is is designed to help pay for losses if they happen, you know, obviously given whatever your deductible might be and whatever coverages you have, and that's a conversation between you and that and your your representative. But the point is it's there to help pay for things if they go wrong. We're just trying to give a couple of um, tips to hopefully avoid those from even happening at all. Yeah, because the last
0: thing you want is coming home from a a vacation and then something like that happens and you're like,
1: could I have avoided this? Well, and if you talk to anyone that had like, you know, a significant or really bad home claim um, where it's, you know, it takes six months for repairs and you're in a hotel and you've lost, you know, food and you're you're basically your quality of life. If you were to tell that person, hey, you know, if you had if you would have had this like, you know, 30, let's just say, I don't know, $40 a month coverage, or whatever it might be, James, you know, we, this would have never happened, right? As Just as an example, I mean, 10 times out of 10, someone's probably going to say, yeah, because it's only when you go through something bad, that you realize the importance of it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's as bad yep. as that is to say, right? I mean, if water coverage, that was a big thing when I first entered the industry, right? If people didn't know what the difference is between um, sewer backup and overland water and flooding. So there's all these different terms that we implemented as an industry, but people didn't know those things, right? So it, if you've been through like a backup in your basement where the, the sewers are backing up and, and you know, it's coming up those floor drains in your toilet, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and you're into like 50 grand of damage and it takes eight months for the contractors to to get bring you back. I mean, how much is your life for that, for that last been implemented, so I mean, you want to avoid claims at all costs. It's not like we're paying into a pool that you're hopefully getting that back at the end of the day. That's not how insurance really works for for us. But um, anybody would say I would, I would have much rather made sure I did things to avoid the loss. I guess is the point. Yeah, being
0: proactive instead of reactive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean reactive. Sure, you'll you'll probably get some money if it's if it's covered, but you're also probably not covered point. properly well maybe maybe who knows right and but you're also going to go through uh, an experience that maybe you don't want to have to go through again so maybe that's the experience that you have learned from as well yeah no 100 percent. 100 percent. are you doing any traveling over the
0: holidays or are you kind of going to be are you not going to be a no I don't,
1: nothing planned anyways nothing planned no. it could happen last minute but nothing nothing right now yeah no me and the
0: me and the girlfriend are unconfirmed as well we were they have property down the states and stuff and they've they always go and they haven't been since covid and stuff so i don't know if we are going to be going down there i've never been down to florida i've honestly never really been to the states other than buffalo to watch hockey games so that would be my kind of first experience doing it so
1: right we'll we'll kind of see we'll see how that goes i can tell you that uh if you get down away in the winter time it is Depending on where you go, it's 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 nice when you're leaving, you know, a negative twenty and six inches of snow and frost, and you're you're waking up with a a pair of shorts on in Florida, for example. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing nicer than that.
0: And plus, I can golf down there too because it's n- nice enough.
1: There, exactly. Can't, can't
0: golf? Well, I golf on the weekend actually, but again, it's you're still like if it's not a nice day, you're still like you're, you're pretty cold, and I don't I don't like the cold, so I'd personally rather not. Like we're we're kind of getting to the time where um, golf's almost done. I actually golfed until December 2nd last year, if you can believe that or not.
1: Yeah, we got we get those odd days too at the end of the season, right? That are really nice and warm. So,
0: but yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Um, again, if there's something that you think that we missed or you guys do have questions on, feel free to reach out to myself or Mike. We are always able to answer your questions. And again, if there's topics you want us to discuss, we can either make a full episode on it or if we don't think it's going to be able to cover a full episode, we can definitely add it into a very relative episode moving forward. So again, don't be shy. Send us a message. Contact us and we can definitely answer your questions or add um, topics into the episodes as we
1: see necessary yeah that's what i'd prefer that i'd rather i'd rather be able to answer and give insight to people that um have specific examples right that we might over again overlook considering we do it every day
0: exactly because we're 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 coming from a very like we're in the industry so like we we see patterns and stuff so we see like what's going on but again if there are other um topics that people are are thinking that we're not kind of talking about that they think are important again we would love to hear that because then again we can kind of either make a whole episode on it or at least put it into a portion of an episode and talk about so at least that way we're answering your guys questions and actually giving you guys content that you guys actually want exactly but so this will go out um november 8th um so that will go out for that day there um, we don't have a topic yet for episode 10 so because uh, this is episode 9. So we're really happy for episode 10 that we've gotten kind of already that far. <laughs> um, but nothing yet planned for episode 10, but we will be coming back. Episode 10 will be the 15th of November. Um, like I said last week, too, um, with the holidays coming up. Our last episode before Christmas will be the 20th of December, and then we won't post again until January 10th. So we'll have about, um, what's that, like a two-week break almost, just to kind of recharge and be with our families. So just keep, we'll kind of keep saying that in all of our episodes moving forward, just so people are aware of that. But yeah, uh, last episode, December 20th, and then we'll repost January 10th uh, going into the new year.
1: Yeah, that sounds uh,
0: nothing else to add from my side. Nope, I think we're good to go. Again, thank you for checking in. If you guys haven't, make sure you guys watch or not watch because we don't really we don't have cameras yet. Maybe in the future, but give a listen to episode eight on the winterizing tips, and then uh, watch out for episode ten for the week after the eighth. But again, appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll check you guys next episode.